know, I told y'all I can't read music. Yeah, apparently I can't read slides. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to trick me. <laughs> so why don't we just try it again next Sunday, see if we can read Jake's slides. Hey, I think we'll let them sing that last chorus a cappella if you want to make up for it. Well, that's up to you. Now, I don't really think you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This morning's scripture, we are still in 1 Peter, but now we are up to uh, chapter 4, and we're only looking at verse 12 through 14. In my Bible, the header for this one is the suffering for being a Christian. And it says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the suffering of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, as we go into this time, we ask that you open our hearts. Prepare our hearts to hear exactly what the Holy Spirit has for each one of us to hear today. God, we ask that every word is glorified only to you. It represents you. So God, you are the potter, we are the clay. Mold us and create what you have in store for us. That you originally created our purpose. That's all we ask, God. We just want to fulfill that original purpose. Ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. So as a block of verses in verse 12 through 19, it actually deals with lessons of living out the will of God here in suffering. As we've been in 1 Peter for a while now, we've been looking at all these life lessons that I believe deal with issues of today. Scripture reminds us that we're to rejoice in the suffering for Christ so that we can be overjoyed when we do reach heaven. In other words, our suffering is not in vain. So when we suffer for doing God's will, we commit our suffering to God to keep the calling on our lives, our original purpose that God created each of us for. So beginning at verse 12, in this whole section there are four times that the word suffering or suffer has been used. But in verse 12 it's talking about the the painful trials of life. And this phrase could also be read as the painful trials that burns around us. You see, to the original reader, they were writing to those who were martyred. They were literally burnt alive. It could also be described as the fact that those that followed Jesus, especially in the city of Rome, where Peter wrote this letter, they were dragged out from their families into the streets. They were dipped in tar. They literally became living torches in the gardens of Nero. I don't know about y'all, but every time I study something like this, I think, man, our suffering is so tiny. What am I complaining about? I got good. And we face trials, but absolutely nothing like the early Christians did. So if we jump forward to verse 14 just for a second, verse 14 does a small hint at a specific type of persecution 
And it's talking about being insulted because of the name of Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of today's modern insulting to the point I'm deaf to it. And that's probably wrong. But insulting here is referring to slandering of someone. It's dismantling of their character due to false information because we know that's exactly what the Pharisees tried to do to Jesus. Now play it. We don't want anybody following him. Don't listen to him. He has no credit. This also should remind us of the words that James gave us. He says, the tongue also is a fire. The world of evil is only a small part of the body, but it corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of someone's life on fire. And that's a reference to James 3.6 if you want to read that later. But believers must not be surprised by such an assault. Meaning, we should not be astonished. We should not be upset about it. I don't know about you, but I kind of like being called that. Oh, she's one of those Jesus freaks. That's all she talks about. And you know, the funniest thing to me is they'll, they'll start talking about secular songs. And I'm like, I haven't really listened to that in about 20 years. I'm not exactly sure. I do listen to more contemporary gospel and worship songs. Because I don't want to hear about somebody's body parts. I'm just going to be honest about it. I'd rather hear about the one that is the head of the body. So I don't think I'm missing out a whole bunch by stepping out of the world. But when we talk about not being surprised here, it's not just simply the thought of being surprised. This is a reference to we have to be very careful not to become resentful. Don't become bitter about our circumstances. Now let's jump back to verse 13 just for a minute. Our suffering is the same kind of suffering that Christ received. Not to the extent they're not shackling us to a post and square and beating us to a pole. But we do participate in the suffering of Christ because of rejection. We have felt thrown away at times. We have felt ridiculed at times. And even though this happens in our spiritual life, it still spills over to our physical life of being attacked. It's because of our love for Christ that we can rejoice in the midst of all this treatment. When we rejoice in the face of pain and trials, we honor God, we glorify Him. When we don't do the knee-jerk reaction, we don't give the enemy satisfaction. Joy and suffering is not a trick of the mind. The world will reject us for our faith, I don't know about you, but in those times, I draw closer to God. I do turn on the gospel music. And I do walk around my house. I'm glad the blinds are closed. They're probably like, she's crazy. But I'm in deep prayer. God, you know this situation better than I do. You know everything that's been said and done, and I don't. And I like it that way. So I don't do any jerk reaction. And I say, God, I need you to move this mountain. And there are many times he hands me a shovel. And that's okay too. My first thing is response say, where do you want me to start doing? Your will be done. God's will is to be done in all of our lives. No matter what our agenda is, we must look to his agenda first. Those that rise up against us, God will handle. Scripture reminds us that vengeance belongs to God. Therefore, joy 
is found in the deepest confidence that God is in control of everything in our lives. There is nothing we will experience that God has not already seen. Now, we're going back to verse 14 for just a minute. In this verse, it mentions a specific kind of suffering. It's talking about the insults for the name of Christ. It's a picture of the unjust, of everything that can be hurled at us, and everything that can be hurled against a believer. But in this warning, I've got to tell you, make sure that bitterness doesn't come up. Make sure there's no knee-jerk reaction. Make sure we are not becoming a voluntary tool of the enemy. Because Christians who suffer these kind of attacks are uniquely blessed by God. Because the spirit of glory and the peace of God will rest upon you. Let me tell you, there's nothing better. Because I've witnessed people do this. When they're getting attacked and the other person is not doing a knee-jerk reaction, you can literally see the peace on them. And the one doing the attacking, they don't understand what to do next. They're not getting the reaction they want. And before you know it, their disposition calms. Peace covers the whole situation. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit will refresh us and strengthen us. So the next time you feel like you're surrounded by the fire of these trials that happen all through life, I want to remind you to take a deep breath. Remember that Scripture says, Be still and know that I am God. He's seen it. He knows it. He knows the outcome. We just have to stay in our lane on the narrow path and not let the enemy pull us off that path. I'm going to run through scriptures really quick. This is for later reference. And I didn't give these to Marsha, but I will just run through them quickly. The first one is, first, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3.12. I love this one because it says, yes. And all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. That's how you might. My God's not a God of if. My God speaks you right in stone. Because that's what he did when he gave the commandments to Moses. The next one is John. It's 15. And the whole section is 18 through 21. But we're just going to do the beginning. John 15, 18 says... If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before you. I have linked on that scripture so many times when I didn't understand what was going on. And I try to look back. And I can't really connect all the dots. And I'll hear this. Remember they hated me before you. And it's okay. The next is Matthew 5. And the whole set is uh, Matthew 5, 10 through 12. But we're just going to look at the beginning. It says... Blessed are those who are persecuted for the righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That gives me such peace. Now, I don't verbally say, go ahead and throw your best punch, Satan. I'm not that stupid. But in my soul, my God's got me. I can only fall so far. The enemy can only keep me down so far. The next was Philippians 1, 29. This is another one of my favorites. It says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. 
is that it's granted to us. It's given to us on his behalf. I think we forget what all we inherited when we begin to learn God. The next one's First Peter. Y'all probably thinking we have been in First Peter long enough that we can have First Peter. It's First Peter five. First Peter five verse ten it says, "But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after you've suffered for a while, perfect, established, strength, be settled with you." And last but not least, we go back to Philippians. In 310, it says, I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be conformed to his death. Guys, this is talking about all of us being sufferers together. I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, that's all of us. We do life together. We don't suffer alone. We lean on each other. But we also have to be open to hear the words that the Spirit gives that person to speak to us, speak into our situation. So I want to leave you with this little bit, this thought before we go into prayer. Being conformed in his death means this. As Christ died for the purpose of redeeming sinners, we should be willing to die in our flesh in order to reach the sinners with the gospel. So what I'm saying is suffering here means first, we will be insulted, we will be slandered, and that's fine. God's got us. God knows the truth, and the truth always comes to the surface. Second, we will be blessed. Check out later Acts 5, starting in verse 40. Third, we will be rewarded. Later you can check out Acts 6, starting in verse 15. Bottom line is, believers who suffer for Christ will be filled with the Holy Spirit and all the peace that comes with it. Again, I'll tell the enemy, hey, take your best shot. I'm not stupid. But I'm not going to bow down to you. When he rises up, I know I have the power to call the name of Jesus. And I know he has to flee cannot stay where God doesn't want to stay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Almighty God, we ask that you search our hearts and every part of our lives. All of our desires are known to you. There's nothing that is a secret, nothing is hidden. God, any part of our life that needs to be pruned, we ask that you prune it. God, I know there's a there's a process after pruning where you're going to stretch us and you're going to grow us. Help us to be inspired by the Holy Spirit as you cleanse our thoughts and our hearts and our minds so that we perfectly love you. Because only you are worthy of such glory because of your holy name. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. Amen.